This is CliffCentral.com. Masculinity is a wonderful gift to humanity. No man is born a misogynist or abuser. So what sometimes goes wrong on the journey from boy to man? Hi, I'm Craig Wilkinson sitting with uh, Khalil Osiris in the studio and, and welcome to the third episode in the series Man to Man Talks. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks. Join us in standing up and saying no to woman abuse because enough is enough. Champions take action. Last time we talked about um, the drivers of a man's heart, what's on every boy's heart. And we talked about it's a desire for a battle to fight, the desire for an adventure to live and the desire for a beauty to pursue and rescue. And uh, Khalil, great to be back with you again in the studio. Stunning. It's uh, it's an absolute honor. I couldn't think of anything that I'd rather be doing more than than having this conversation right now, particularly uh, during this time where in America um, the hashtag Me Too movement and the uh, hashtag Times Up uh, movements are are really taking the country by 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 storm right. and um, and storm. Thinking of that, Stormy Daniels. And, right. I mean, there's no one that's not been touched in America by uh, by this movement. It's and a firestorm. It's a, without a doubt, and yeah. and rightfully so. I mean. Right. This is this is the time. So, yeah. for us to uh, to be talking as as men, yeah. and to uh, have this program, man to man talks, and the invitation to other men to yes. to participate in this and have these conversations um, in their own circles, yeah. uh, it could. I mean, the the timing couldn't be better. Hundred percent agree. And I, you know, it's it's a real honor to share the show with you, having had the the, the very raw, powerful experience you've had uh, you know, in terms of seeing the, the worst side of masculinity, but then, strangely enough, behind bars, seeing some of the best side of masculinity coming through and the redemption stories where masculinity in all its toxicity was transformed into masculinity in all its power and glory and goodness. And, and here you are to share these stories, and it's just, it's just a real privilege and an honor to, to, to share them with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, the core principle of what we're saying here. Is, and I think it's very important to reiterate that, is that men and women are equal, but we're stunningly different. Yes. And the difference is beautiful. And we need to embrace and love and, and, and uh, acknowledge. And, and re- celebrate. And celebrate that difference because it's beautiful. I mean, I often say to people, you think about it, every one of us who's alive today is alive and around because of this beautiful dance between the masculine and the feminine. Our parents, man and woman, got together. Precisely. <laughs> had some fun, hopefully. <laughs> and we are a result of that. Yes. And, and the world continues to operate beautifully to the extent that this masculine, feminine dance continues in a beautiful fashion. Yes. So that concept of equal but stunningly different. And the second concept is that true masculinity is a beautiful gift to humanity. Completely. Completely. And this... I mean, this is where I, I, I think that it becomes very important for us to kind of drill down and unpack um, some of the language that's that's out there around masculinity. Because um, in in many circles today, to to talk about masculinity is um, is is almost to talk about only the caricature, right. uh, the worst examples of it, uh, because these images have. Have become so prevalent, so prevalent throughout society. They're ubiquitous. Yes. I mean, Bill Cosby in America has gone from being a celebrated role model yes. to actually being something uh, uh, demonic. Right. I mean, as as a man, though I can't take 
on personally what he has done, uh, particularly as an African-American uh, man. Yes. I feel wounded. Right. He's let us all down. The story. It's like I just felt yeah, disappointed yeah. Yeah, yeah. that um, that it, it's ended this way. And I, I take I, I take no joy in what has happened. I, I think it's very important that he was convicted. Yes. And that women's voices were were heard and 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 validated. Right. And and in every single way um, acknowledged as being truthful. Um, but it's just one of those kind of situations where, as, as particularly as an African American uh, man, um, I just feel let down, Craig. Right. I, I, I right. can't. I mean, I have no other way uh, to say it. And deeply disappointed. Deeply disappointed. Horrified, and, in fact. And and asking myself, asking myself, what could have gone so terribly wrong, right, right. to get w- him to that point that he ends up. At his age, over seventy years, seventy years old or so, mm. now everything that he's built his whole life, kind of doing, and and we celebrated with him, has come crumbling down. That's crazy, and it's not an uncommon story. I mean, it's a very high-profile one. But men behaving badly throughout the globe, throughout South Africa. I mean, South Africa is one of the worst in the world when it comes to gender-based violence. And and I think this whole series we're talking about. What drives masculinity? Why do we do the things we do? You know, last time we talked about at the core of every boy's heart is this desire for battle, adventure, and beauty, and uh, and how we so need for that to be harnessed and modeled and instructed. And I mean, you've got a beautiful uh, model in your form. We'll talk about that now. But what happens as a result of these three desires is boys have questions on their heart. You know, every boy needs to know, has to know, wants to know that he's powerful, yes. that he has the power that he has what it takes to to fight the battle, to live the adventure and to and to win the heart of the beauty. He needs to know. You, you, t- you take an average man and put him up in front of a group of people and say, if you could choose power or love, what would he say? Power. Power. I mean, Without yeah, a doubt, power. Yeah, yeah. Men, men have this desire. And power in and of itself is not good or bad. Power in and of itself is something to be used for good but can also be used for bad. And I think yeah. this is the key. So, I mean, if we go into today those three questions that are key to a boy's heart and, and and the first one is who am i and you know these are questions he brings to his father not his mom not his mom who am i it's the question of identity yes the second one is do i matter does my life matter the question of validity and the third one is do i have what it takes the question of self-belief and these are questions that every young boy brings to their their father completely and if you if you think about it um, the idea, the, the the whole question of who am I, as as a young boy, I I remember very very vividly that this question really was something that um, I had in my heart, but I didn't quite know how to articulate. Right. So uh, much of it was a kind of seeking out. Um, in, in the, the ideal of who am I in ways that I, I didn't even understand what I was doing. Right. So this is where I think it's vitally important for the elders in the community, the, yeah. the men in a community, fathers, yes. uh, the presence of fathers. These questions can be answered when there's a man present in so. ways that are very natural and organic. Right. I mean, we come to an understanding of who we are, uh, as we, 
as we live, as we yes. express ourselves in our in our daily lives. Right. And so, um, absent the presence of someone who who gives evidence of what our identity is in a natural and organic way, then it I can see where it's easily distorted, yeah. and and actually we come away quite confused. We do, and we look for it in all sorts of places. Yes, I mean your your story is a beautiful one about your your. Uh, association and engagement and embracing of of the 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 Black Panther movement. Yes, I mean there was a quest for who am I identity. For identity, you know, it was it was it was absolutely uh, a, a question of identity. I mean, I distinctly remember the civil rights movement and and growing up in a in an environment where there was protests and all those kinds of things. And and I remember when I went to the uh, to one of the first. Um, uh, meetings for the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense in in our community. And there were young people, like not much older than me, uh, teenagers, who were running the groups. They were running the, like the meetings. And I specifically remember being asked by this young uh, female organizer. Um, she says, she asked me, she said, what are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing to change um, society in a way that's going to make your community and the lives of your people better. And, you know, I, I remember I gave an answer, but the answer I gave was so inadequate. I felt it was so inadequate right. within myself that I went back home and I, I started thinking about that. And it was the first time that anyone had actually asked me personally, yeah. who am I? Right. What what difference do I want to make? What difference am I making? And the asking of that question triggered something in me that led to my joining the party. And for the first time in my kind of conscious youth, I actually felt that I belonged. Part of something. I was Identity. part of something yeah, yeah. that was bigger than me. Yeah. I'm a black panther. I'm, I'm, I now can define. Yeah. My identity right. based on something very concrete, very tangible right. and very real and meaningful for me, like it gave right. meaning and, and, and purpose and direction yes. uh, for my life. Now, um, obviously, you know, th there's a, a, a huge journey to make between um, that epiphany and what it looks like in, in, in my own personal journey. Right. But the thing that was clear to me is the question was asked, and I felt a desire right. to answer it in a right. way that was not just where I stood personally, but what was bigger than me. And it, it, it spoke to a hole in your heart, didn't it? It spoke yes. to a gap. You know, there's this cry for, uh, you know, I remember growing up, we moved around a heck of a lot, lived in three different countries, five different cities, went to nine different schools. And by the time I got to um, uh, university, there was a lot of, uh, there was a real, Dearth of understanding of who I was as, as a, you know, and and my dad was very hardworking guy, not 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 present very much in terms of you know physically or emotionally. And I remember at university, I went to university at Wits University in Joburg, and I used to hang out with this this uh, this Italian guy, and and I got to, you know he there was a whole group of Italian guys that we used to hang out with, and I remember thinking, man, I'd love to be Italian, you know, because <laughs> they spoke this you know the colourful language, the gesticulations, the whole. But I realised, I mean, looking back, there was a, such a 
I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who did I belong to? What was my role and place in life? And, and this is such a, an important question that young boys ask growing up. And the father needs to answer that. Uh, you know, we're living in a, in a society that's very diverse now. And, and often we, I mean, culture's evolving, isn't it? And the identities are evolving. But for a dad to be rooted, a man to be rooted and grounded in who am I, even if I'm evolving, even yes. if I've said goodbye to certain aspects of my own culture and I'm embracing others and I've traveled abroad in my education, you know, but there's a sense of I know who I am. I'm evolving into this person and answering the question of his son to say, son, this is who you are. You're part of this. This is part of your history, your roots, your, your legacy, where you come from. And this is who I am. And, and so that young boy grows up. I know who I am. You know, if you grow up knowing who you are, and a gang comes along and wants you to join, you don't have to do that because you know who you are. You don't have to become, an, you know, take on some other identity. Yes. And, and this, just the whole journey of coming to terms with that question, yeah. letting, letting, letting that question settle with you and, and being reflective about it and, and introducing it sooner than later. For example, um, I th- I think that we need to have more adult conversations like this with younger people with yeah. with children. This is where you come from. Yeah, this I mean there's no reason that a child cannot feel deeply. Yes. In fact, we know that children do feel very deeply um at, at very at very young ages. Yeah. We know that. So there's no reason they cannot think deeply. Right. And that their questions aren't um really existential questions, like deep, meaningful questions. And so if we miss the opportunity to engage um, our children and specifically men engaging their sons right. about fundamental questions of their existential yes. journey, of their personal journey, right. then shame on us. Absolutely. But, you know, doesn't it often come out of a confusion in our own lives about who we are? Yes. You know, again, it's that parallel journey as men when we raise kids. At first, you know, we can only impart what we have to impart. So I think men, a lot of men are finding a bit of confusion around, you know, who am I in the society? We what don't is, know. What I'm, is my role in the yes. society? What is the role of a man? You know, there's that confusion. So for us to go on a journey of discovering our own identity. I mean, there's that beautiful scene in the movie Gladiator. Um uh, man, where, where, where the gladiator, uh, Russell Crowe, had fought his yes. way, remember, fought his way and done so well and eventually ended up in the, in the, the Roman arena. And the, the, the emperor was there who thought he had been killed because he was the heir to the throne. Yes. Well, he should have been the throne. So the, the emperor had him and his family killed, but he survived and he fought his way. And he stands in this arena and he, and he wins uh, against all odds. He beats all the other gladiators and he's standing there with his mask on. And the emperor comes down and he says to him, gladiator, who are you? And uh, he knows if he takes off that mask, the emperor will recognize him and probably kill him. So he turns his back on the emperor. And I don't know if you remember this I, scene. I remember man. this scene gives me, vividly. Gives me goosebumps, man. And he said, how dare you turn your back on your emperor? Turn around tell me. So he turns around and he takes off his mask, man. And he, and he just he stands in this arena with thousands of people around it, looking at the emperor, his enemy. And he says, I am Maximus Aurelius. He says, commander of the armies of the north. He said, uh, father of a murdered son, husband of a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance in this age or the next. I mean, because this guy, Khalil, he stood in that arena and he knew exactly who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew who he was. He knew where he was going to. And I mean, often us as men, we need to answer that question. Eh? If we had to stand in that arena, then what would we say? What would be our response? And at a very deep spiritual level, 
we're being asked that question every day. Yeah. When we're confronted with an a, an experience where we have to make the best choice under the circumstances, we're being asked, who are we? Right. Every choice we make is an exercise of our power and our definition of who we are. At, for me, I always say that all power starts with self-perception. Right. All power, wherever you go in the world, whoever you are, all power starts with self-perception. So if there's no awareness, no foundational understanding of who we are, um, particularly as as men, as we're nurturing young boys into manhood, if we don't address that and in a very concrete way for 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 both us as men and yes. our sons, then what happens is we leave them to their own devices. And 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 too often we're seeing that the the consequence is is not something we're happy right. with, is, right. is not something that's doing uh, our our family good, our society good or the, the boys themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this identity is, is just so powerful. The second question we talked about is this question of validity. And, and, you know, this is the whole thing of, does my life matter? Is the world a better place because I'm here? And, and, and this for us needs to be answered so emphatically by a father. Son, you matter. Son, the world's a better place because you're in it. Totally. And so many of us grow up without that affirmation. You know, the father's absent. He's, he's busy working. He's uh, not around. He doesn't answer the question. And we, we, we're left to our own devices. We're running around trying to be significant, trying to think, dude, is, am I, do I even matter? You know? And that question is inescapable. 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 We want our lives to be significant. If you don't feel that you matter, then what is it that you will do? What kind of behavior comes from a person who feels they personally right. don't matter? Right. Um, it can only end poorly. It can only end in disaster. I mean, there's no way that a human being, a young boy walking around who, who has no sense that he matters is going to make choices that reflect uh, his higher angels, that reflects uh, the best use of his power. Absolutely. And, and that's why these kinds of discussions uh, be, are critically, uh, are need to be a critical part of, of, of our journey as men uh, in our relationships with young boys. Yeah. We need to really kind of do some remedial things in our, in our interactions with young boys. We, we've got, and, and with other men, it's okay to say as a man, I actually don't know if I matter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because the only way you're going to get to a place where you, you do begin to behave from a healthy place of how yes. much you matter and being validated is if the conversation Absolutely. is had and, and there's some experience that allows you to flourish in that way. Absolutely. And that final question, you know, do I have what it takes? For a boy, am I powerful? Do I have what it takes? I remember I used to come home from work in Nisla, and, uh, and my son used to burst out of the door. When he heard my car coming out the drive, he burst out of the door and come running and just grab me, Dad, you know, wrestle. And, I mean, he, he was constantly asking me, Dad, am I powerful? Am I powerful? Do I have what it takes? Am I the man? And for me, being there and able to wrestle with him by the grace of God and, and, and just, you know, inadvertently, I was, son, you've got what it takes. You're powerful. You're strong. You, you're the man. You're the man. And he grew wow. up believing he's the man. Absolutely. In the absence of that, 
you know, there's a sense of, uh, you know, I don't know if I've got what it takes. And, uh, and therefore, I'm going to behave in a bad way to try and prove that I do. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I feel so fortunate in my, in my own journey. Uh, while I was in prison, I remember uh, receiving a letter from my, from my oldest son. And by this time, he was in high school. Uh, and he, uh, it was just an interesting letter that he wrote saying, you know, Dad, if, if you were here, I, I wish you were here because if you were here, I know that I would be so much more courageous and I know that I would be so much more confident. Uh, he was, you know, doing the high jump. He broke the record for high jump in his uh, senior year, uh, outstanding athlete. Uh, and on the surface, you would have thought that like this kid's got it all. I mean, in, even in my absence, this kid's got it all. But that letter struck me so deeply that uh, here's my son writing me in prison and I know I'm not able physically to be there but he's telling me in his own words dad if I know I you you know I sent you to things that I've done and it and I, and I know I'm doing some good things but I also know that if you were here I would be so much more wow. courageous wow the, the cry of a young boy for the father's presence and affirmation and validation and I mean, Khalil, that's a good place to move on to, you know, what, what wounds the heart of men? You know, we, 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 we need to be raised well by either our biological father and of course our mom or other men who can step in. And, and in the case of your kids, you were very fortunate to, for having men step in and, and then they were able to reach out to you and you were able even from behind bars. Yes. Gimps of affirmation. But if you look at the things that wound men's hearts and, and this is really goes to the foundation of what, causes men to behave badly, which we'll cover in the next uh, couple of uh, podcasts. But the first and deepest wound is, is, is the father wound, isn't it? Yes. It's the father wound because the boy brings these questions to his dad. It's the first person he says, Dad, do I have what it takes? Who am I? Model to me masculinity. And, and if the dad's absent or not there or someone else doesn't step in as an older man, you think about this question, uh, and, and it's a question. Masculinity is imparted by a man to a boy. Yes, it's from man to man. It's not something a, a mom or a woman can do. You think about when the, when a boy, a young boy, goes to his mom and says, "Mom, I want to climb that tall tree." You know, I mean, the mom's instinct is to say, oh, "No, no, no, don't climb the tree. You're going to fall." You know, which is beautiful and it's and it's necessary because she's the she's protective and nurturing. But what the boy is asking is, "Do I have what it takes?" Yes, and what the mom's saying is, "No, you don't." You know, whereas if you ask the dad and the dad says, hey, my boy, yeah, climb, I'll climb with you. Or if you fall, I'll catch you. You know, it's, it's, it's an affirmation of you've got what it takes. Go for it. Be the adventurer. I'm, I'm behind you. And that's what your son was saying, wasn't he? Completely. Dad, you give me courage to be the man. There's, there's no doubt about it. And the, the whole experience of, of parenting and the importance of parenting, uh, can never be overstated. I mean, I know that in my absence, um, my oldest son had uh, a grandfather who was just an absolutely amazing man, a, an, an amazing elder. In fact, I, I uh, always say that his grandfather uh, was a better father for him than I had the maturity to be at the time. At the time, and that in some ways. Um, like today, I'm my son's heroes. Both of my sons, I'm I'm their absolute hero. Uh, but I also know that uh, were I there at and lacking the maturity that was necessary to help them be their best, hmm. um, that the wound I 
created in my absence would in many instances be even worse because a man who is present but behaves poorly and gives examples of toxic masculinity does such damage. Damage. And this is where we as men, we've got to own that space. We There's no uh, um, parceling it out to anyone else. There's no excuses needed. There's no excuses accepted. We've got to own that. We have created wounds in our young boys as men. And beyond the personal examples, men on the whole, toxic masculinity is creating a woundedness in young boys that unless we own it, will only get worse. Well, it becomes a cycle, doesn't it? I mean, a a wounded boy grows up to be a wounded man. Yes. He becomes a man who wounds and the cycle continues. And uh, as we said in the first podcast, for us as men, we have the power to step in the gap and say no more completely to, to, to break that cycle. So this question of a young boy that brings to the father, we have to answer it. Men have to step up and answer it. And, you know, we, again, we go back to that parallel journey that so often I need to answer that question for myself as a man because it was not answered. I mean, psychologists talk about the whole concept of refathering yourself, reparenting yes. yourself. And I think for us as men to be conscious, we need to actually refather ourselves. We need to say, where was that question not answered? Where am I still crying out for validation, for identity? Uh, and let me answer that question, or let me go to elders in the community, or mentors, or even you know, let, or peers even. But let me answer that question for myself, so that I can then answer this question for my son. Because in the absence of an answer, that son will grow up wounded. You know, John Eldridge in his book Wild and Hot, he says, he says this. He says every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow in the center of his heart, in the place of his strength. And he said because that wound is very rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound. Yes. We're wounded uh, to a greater or lesser degree. And it's up to us as men to look in the mirror and say, mm, where is that wound? How can I have that healed so that I can stand and be whole and pass that on to the next generation? I encountered it so much in prison that I cannot tell you the level of woundedness that was being acted out because this question wasn't answered for the men who found themselves at the bottom of life uh, for having committed oftentimes um, just brutal offenses to be in prison and uh, to talk with men who would tell you their father wasn't there and then to ask them, well, do you have any children? And they say, yes, Uh, they now are a father of five. Wow. And they're not there themselves. And they're not there themselves. The so it, the cycle is, is, is actually being hmm. entrenched in, in ways that we can't even imagine. So when you say we have to reparent, we, we've got to get to a place where we're reparenting. Look, if we don't, yeah. the consequences of not doing it extreme are absolutely disastrous. They are. We're, we're literally creating a generation of wounded young boys who will wound themselves. Will wound them. That's right. Yeah. And will wound others. Yeah. Particularly the ones, the, the, the people who they say they love. Exactly. Those would be the ones who, who the, suffer the, the most. Those are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. Them. 
Yeah, it's it's critical, Khalil. I mean, talking about what wounds a man, I think the the a boy growing up, there are probably two others. The primary one is the father wound. The primary, the, the the father not being there to answer the question, or as you said, being there but not being there, yes, or being there but being there in a toxic fashion, modelling the wrong things. I mean that that role of a father in shaping the heart and wholeness of his son and daughter. And we're talking about men today. Daughters is another, yes, uh, equally important. But you look at uh, three other sources of wounding. The the mom can also wound the son. Uh, where where a mom is overprotective. Where, you know, the mom is cold, so the son's got to wear a jersey. <laughs> the mom's hungry, the son's got to eat, you know. <laughs> where, where the son wants to do this, mom, no, you can't do that. You know, a mom tends to, we talked about the bicycle example. A mom tends to understand behavior that is feminine behavior. So often we have moms wanting to grow up feminine boys because that's how we should behave. Don't ride your bike into a brick wall. That's, that's dreadful. Don't do that. Boys, you know. So the boy's never had it, having his masculinity validated, and that's the crucial role of a dad. So where mom is overprotective, and sometimes in extreme situations, uh, you know, particularly in, in a divorce or separation, the mom is so wrapped up in the child that the child becomes her, in a way, surrogate husband. Yes. Not, not in a sexual fashion, but in an emotional fashion. All her emotional needs are met by the kids. So the, the son feels the burden of needing to carry his mom or, or input at least into her emotionally. And it's something that he shouldn't be carrying at that point in time. So, so the mom can play a crucial role in – you see, the mom's role is to affirm – the masculinity that's been imparted by the father to validate that, to nurture. I mean, boys love their moms. Their moms play oh, an equally a doubt. crucial role. I mean, how many times on the battlefield, the very last thing a, a dying soldier will say is mom, you know? Yes. Because the mom provides that incredible, beautiful essence of nurture and love. But if, if there's only that and it's overprotective or needy in any way, it can harm the heart of the young boy growing up. Well, it happens all the time. I, I mean, we, we, we see... Um, in, in schools, when I go into schools, oftentimes, uh, we, we see boys who come to school and they're incredibly angry. And, and I'm, t- I'm talking about this, um, broad kind of ubiquitous reality of, uh, uh, female headed households. Right. Men just being absent. Not there. And, and, and women having to burden um, the responsibility of raising these boys in the absence of of the boy's father and their um their anger sometimes right at, uh, the, absent the, at the absent father the the um the resentment which uh, sometimes gets borne out against the mom doesn't it no yeah. doubt about it the, the, the boy is angry at his mother because his father isn't there right, right. so you see these boys who Culturally, they cannot act out against their their mother in certain ways at a, at a at a at a very early stage. What they'll do is they'll get on the school bus, on the bus or transport, bringing them uh, to school, and act horribly towards the the little girl that's on the bus. Right, right. Or they'll come to school, and here's this boy who doesn't want to listen to any female teacher. Yeah, I mean, he's acting out yeah, his resentment. For the absence of his father against women, against women, yeah, and he doesn't even know that he's doing no, it. He doesn't. So this is a very important um, element in this mm. discussion to for us to unpack and for and for us to continue to raise uh, in concrete ways um, to uh, with our listeners, with, yes. with with the people who are going to engage man to man talks. We right. we have to say to fathers, our absence is creating a wound. 
that mothers will end up taking having to take responsibility for um and and quite frankly what is it, it's a catch 22 situation right. there's not much she really can do to change that dynamic at a yeah. certain point in a boy's life Absolutely. i mean i talk to a lot of single mothers and and and, and this program uh, you know men to men talks man to man talks men making men um it's 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 vitally important to see where men and women as you say are stunningly different stunningly different and we have a role to play that if used properly validates the other celebrates the best of the other and creates a beautiful world absolutely that's i mean that's really what we all want anyway absolutely no doubt about it so i i just i just feel that um this conversation Mm. is one that is not just for listeners to kind of hear what we're saying but um more importantly begin to unpack it in their own in their own families in their own homes change the dynamic in their own lives break the cycle in your own life look at what you can do differently be reflective as a father be reflective as a mother see how you may have wounded uh, your child and 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 what you need to do differently absolutely Khalil, as ever, the time flies, and uh, you know this this podcast already talking about the key questions on a boy's heart and 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 the primary wound. Next podcast, I think we'll go into some of the other things that wound the heart of a man, a man, and then we'll look at how men respond to the wound and why they behave the way they do. But fantastic uh, spending this time with you, and I look very forward to the next one. Thanks so much. It's just been great, Craig. Awesome. In a country where one in two women are victims of abuse, it's important that we take the time to discuss a way forward, Man to Man. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks with myself, Craig Wilkinson, and Khalil Osiris. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is CliffCentral.com.